0: Welcome to No Challenges, remaining live from the end of the Australian Open 2020. I am Ben Rothenberg, joined by my dear friend Courtney Nguyen. How are you doing, Courtney? End of another slam. How are you holding up?
1: Oh, I'm awesome. I've had like three quarters of a bottle of wine a night. It's great.
0: You have the last day off, <laughs> I guess. That's right. Right?
1: Yeah, I get to rub you, it because in. Because you don't
0: always, because sometimes the women's finals, on, women's doubles is on the last day. Sometimes. Some, Correct. Time, some Correct. slams. At some yeah. slams,
1: yeah. So no, but today, yeah. uh, because Sophia Kennan, Australian Open champion, was so kind as to do her Champions Corner interview the night after she won, as opposed to pushing it off to the next day. I had the whole day. So I've been in my jammy jams. I've been chilling out. It's been great.
0: Tweeting lots of Oscar gifts, which I thought worked really well, because you had a bigger selection than I would have thought you might for yeah. all these new movies. I was like, I had no idea there was something 1917 gifts. I
1: didn't know either. But the one movie that was a little bit difficult was Ford, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. There were not many gifts on that, so I felt a little bad. I had one, but it wasn't even from the movie. You know what?
0: Honestly, it's not going to win anyway. So let's let's move on.
1: Wow. Wow. I'm just saying. Not even any faith in a Matt Damon. Christian Bale. Let's save
0: our Oscar talk for the end. sports and, and vehicle. Let's go back to okay. the real sports vehicle of this tournament, which is the car known as the Kia Sophia Kennan. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but I've seen a lot of Kia ads of this tournament, so you'll understand where that comes from. Makes more so- sense
1: than some Sophie, uh, Sophia Sophia, uh, nickname, so it works.
0: Oh my, okay. <laughs> Let me cover this real quick. <laughs> I saw multiple references <laughs> during this <laughs> tournament trying to make puns off of Sophia Kennan and the movie, or book, Sophie's Choice, which, what? Like, no, don't do that. First of all, it's not even her name. Sophie and Sophia are different names. Second, we don't make Sophie's Choice jokes about much anything. Can can you explain why? Because it's a harrowing Holocaust story. End of. I mean, that, end of. We choose to not choose that
1: We choice. choose to choose Sophia Kennan.
0: We choose to choose Sophia Kennan. Let's just start with her. This is obviously the story I remember from this tournament. Sophia Kennan, in case you missed it, in Courtney's brief allusion to it and also just in life, is a Grand Slam champion now. Sophia Kennan, a.k.a. Sonia Kennan is her nickname, um, common Russian nickname for Sophia, won this tournament kind of pretty stealthily. I don't think she was someone we talked about much when we did like our Midway show. True. But she comes through, only had to play one seed in the tournament, which is kind of remarkable. That one seed was number one Ash Barty. Uh, but only,
1: the unseeded player that she played in the final was number 32, was the number right. 32 ranked Right, and player. is a two-time slam champion yeah, for so, number one. Eh. So that,
0: those are asteriskable. And honestly, Coco Gauff, who she played against in the fourth round, uh, has proven to be a very tough out at slams. Coco Golf has now lo- played three slams, lost to eventual champion Halep at Wimbledon, number one seed and defending champ Osaka at US Open, and eventual champ Kennan, and Australian Open, so that's pretty good. It's pretty very good. Tough it's out, tough good. out. Coco tough golf, out,
1: tough out. And before that, Zhang Shuai. Yeah. Who obviously former quarterfinalist here yeah. and uh, tough out. And that Top match, 40 player, I, I yeah. watched the entirety of that match, Kenin uh, Zhang, and it was tight. That sh- could have gone the other way very easily.
0: But this is one of these sort of like, in a lot of ways, quintessential modern era women's tennis results uh, of a player like Sophia Kenin who's in the ensemble but not necessarily leading the conversation, putting together the matches, getting rising to the occasion I think and winning a big tournament I was trying to do the math or do the counting coming into this tournament I think generously Sophia Kennan was probably the seventh most talked about American player behind both Williamses behind Coco Gauff behind Keys Stevens and Anissa Mova. okay so that puts her at seven probably true and then if you want to argue that Bethany's ahead of her or something maybe you could but probably not um yeah, and or Collins
1: or Risk honestly or Risk, because yeah. a lot of people were like, I mean, or Jen Brady. I mean, yeah. those are two players that that I thought first week. I was like, oh, where are Ali Risk and uh, Brady. and uh, Jen Brady going to land? And that, Brady obviously pulled a Brady Hallop was a good match, which was a great match. And um, but yeah, but it's you know, I mean, with with Sonya, as she reminded us in her uh, delightful press conference, you know, 2019 W tape Most Improved. I love that. FYI. Uh, that went
0: right into my story. Too. I, ha- I was like, oh, I'd forgotten that. Thank you. <laughs> no,
1: I, I mean, I highly recommend everybody, like, pull up the YouTube uh, press conference uh, for Sonia from, from her channel. It's great. It's just, it's just delightful, and I think that it... It does kinda of give you some sense of, of her personality across the board. But yeah, no, nobody was talking to about her when there was ever reason to be talking about her, honestly. I mean, anybody who's paid attention to her last year and I've been pretty much like keying in on Sonia since the Fed Cup final, USA versus Czech in Prague twenty eighteen. I was there. No none of the Americans played like no Serena, no Venus, no, um, you know, uh, and Maddie, no Sloan. No Vandaway. No Vandaway. And so there was Sonia getting getting the call to play a Fed Cup final on on away soil in one of the most, like, uh, not antagonistic, because they're not antagonistic no. at all, but they're just very partisan. Yeah. The Czech the crowd at the O2. And she handled it incredibly well. She took two tough three-set losses. She was an absolutely gutted, in absolute tears. Kathy Rinaldi had to like really really comfort her. And but ever since then I was I was just so impressed by what she displayed there because it was the first time that I'd probably seen from Sonia where like she all that feistiness wasn't a detriment. Yeah. wasn't it didn't hinder her, it helped her and I was like, oh, "Okay, like if you can play like that, like fair enough."
0: Because in terms of like comportment sometimes she's not vocal the same way a lot, but she I think you might have compared her to like American Putin Seva almost in some uh. ways not really no because no. because
1: to me the thing about Sonia, like, one of the things that I kept saying... I was going to say it's
0: different, but yeah, keep going. Yeah,
1: it's different, but, like, like she doesn't fist-pump in your face. She's not she- shouting at no. you. She's just hyped for she's her. She's that
0: ball of energy kind she's of thing. She's a ball of energy I mean. for yeah. sure, but, but yeah. like, she doesn't do... It's not okay, Some that's of the, the, wrong, yeah. the stuff
1: that, like, Putinsiva does, or even Collins, where it's, like, no. you know, in your face. She's It's just her. Like, she's... She makes her own energy. She's the source of zero-point energy. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that was when I first started paying attention to her, and then, obviously, she had an amazing 2019, and Three titles and beat Serena at Roland Garros and beat consecutive number ones in 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 Toronto and Cincinnati, um, and stuff like that, and, and had an amazing season. But that being said, I came into Melbourne not not no. sh- putting her on a short list.
0: No, I mean she she had lost. I'd watched her match. She played against Osaka. In, I feel bad about it. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> Obviously. She wasn't on anybody's short list. So. I mean, it's not just us. And, I mean, she, she played against Osaka. Solid enough match. She lost, I think, quarterfinals of Brisbane to Osaka. Three sets. Three sets. It's a top 20 player coming in. Yeah, but just, like, hadn't had a deep run at a slam before. And I think those slams are kind of the thing we think about. And it's an interesting question, you know, I think also. Like, what a win. What's something, what's something like a Sonia Kennan winning a Grand Slam? what that how that feels to like a Pliskova to a Madison Keys to a Svitolina players who have done all the right things they've checked a lot more boxes and even like in a different tour to like Dominic Team, who's like doing everything he can right and like it's really built up this really solid resume of like gradually building work it's getting better and more and more impressive whereas someone like Sonia can come out and skip a lot of rungs on the ladder all at once. Win three international titles. Her titles were small. Three titles, but small ones. Yeah. Hobart, Guangzhou, and Mallorca. And then, yeah, and then win a slam. And, yeah. and be suddenly top 10, be suddenly top American. And she was a very, very steady player. She did a lot of stuff at tournaments outside of those titles. She, yep. like you said, back-to-back semis in Canada and Cincinnati last summer. The same thing that led up to Sloan's yeah, slam yeah. in right, yeah. 2017. She did it more immediately. Uh, but yeah, but Kenan just like she's put in a lot of work and been kind of stealthy. And, you know, and it's clear talking to her that she doesn't want to be stealthy. She wants to get she the appreciation. The she wants she the wants, appreciation. Yeah, she's somebody sure. who doesn't seem at all to be running, or at, this, at least at this point. She hasn't had any pressure on her in her career, at least externally, really at all. That could be new to her when that comes and being in the spotlight and seeing how she adjusts to that. But I think she'll be fine with it, though.
1: I think she'll be fine. And, yeah. and, the re- and I, I agree with you insofar as, you know, uh, she hasn't had the the external media federation pressure
0: getting called in for post loss press she hasn't right. done that she doesn't much. have
1: to, and, and and i think that one of the moments that, there were two moments that really distilled um kennan's melbourne run to me one was when she uh, walked into the press room for the fi- for yes. her last final press conference and she literally stopped in her tracks her jaw dropped that the press room was standing room only jam-packed full she kind of didn't know what to do you know i mean she looked so much more comfortable you know returning garby's serves then she in that moment she's like holy crap like you know uh and then on top of that like uh later in and it was the, almost just
0: like i made it kind of moment kinda, yeah like it, it wasn't was,
1: like a scared thing no she was
0: like whoa this is big yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and then and then later we have little, little round tables and in the, the the wires internet round table with her yeah i asked her because she had obviously had to do her her photoshoot today um her champions photoshoot and i was like sonia do you have a dress this is at like 12 30 in the morning after she'd won yeah and she's like please don't use this but no and we all started laughing and she was laughing too she's like i didn't expect to do this like you know and there's like a very just the way she said it, it's like why would i have a dress and like and, it, and in that way i kind of felt better i was like okay you didn't think of either yeah. you know but um but obviously the hope and the work was there but getting back to the point about about not having the external pressure, it think, it makes me think a lot of kind of Bianca. It makes me think of of Naomi as well. Yes, there there may not be quote unquote federation pressure, outside pressure, whatever. Or you know, not that that Naomi went under the radar. Obviously, she was around, but she but at the time before she won the U.S. Open, there wasn't that 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 right. focus on her. Yeah, but there is this very very real. And I say this myself, very, very real immigrant pressure of seeing your parents sacrifice everything mm. for your dream. And Naomi is actually probably the most open about this, of feeling like I had to win because I need to make money. Like not in a negative way, but just like my parent. I mean, I didn't want my mom to work anymore. Like I didn't want my family to sacrifice. You know, I wanted them to be paid back and comfortable for the rest of their lives, for the sacrifices that they made. That's like a re- very, very... I mean maybe with Naomi when I talk about it with myself like it's a very Asian American thing but I don't think that that's particularly Asian American no. I think that it it applies across. So I think with Sonia like and I haven't had time to to really jump into it like in terms of this level of depth and and I look forward to over the next, you know, few months to really sit down with her independently and just be like yo let's let's forget all of about results but let's just talk about this journey for real. Um I can't think that for Sonia she would have thought that there was no pressure to succeed because it, there
0: was. She uses that American dream phrase a lot. Yeah, she she, she does, uses the phrase yeah. American dream a lot. And, and that's how you know, her father came to the U.S. back and forth for a while. I mean, Yeah, this cause, is like confusing because, because a lot he, of people first, read it the other way. He first moved to the U.S. or first came to the U.S. for work, for normal economic immigration purposes, I believe, leaving the Soviet Union in 1987. Yeah. So a full 11 years before she was born. And then the family moved back to Russia for a while to be around extended family and stuff when when, when, she, they was were, born. when she was born to have a support. Like, you know, that's not an uncommon thing to do, uh, to have support from your family, you know, grandparents, stuff like that, when you're having a baby and you might be living relatively alone yeah. uh, without much of a community certainly a family network around you in the States. And then she moved back to the U.S. at a young age um, or moved to the U.S. at a young age. I think she said she only has U.S. citizenship right now. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a, a real part of like the Florida youth tennis furniture. Like she's she was everywhere. I mean, like she was unavoidable. She's in this video of Kim Kleister's that WTA found, which was great. Touring the W Touring the Miami Open. She's yeah, also in one. I think the Luke one, Jensen
1: one was in Charleston. I
0: think so. Yeah, where she's there and she is you know talking about how she can return to Andy erotic serve. Right. And I love that moment. I think it's really telling because like she's not daunted by it all. Yeah. She's like, I would have a strategy. I would do my split step. <laughs> I would be ready <laughs> for the Andy Roddick serve, which would bounce so, Sonya. and that's so just like the why yeah. not of Sonia. Yeah, is like yeah, very, yeah. very key with her. Um, and Naomi Osaka talked about Naomi Osaka was like they were in the same age group growing up playing Florida juniors. And even though one of them is a Russian American, one of them represents Japan now, they were neighbors and sort of quote unquote rivals. Although so Naomi would certainly roll her eyes at that word in these tournaments. And there's you can look some there's some archives of their head to heads when they were like twelve. Um, and like, and Naomi yeah. straight
1: up sad. she's like, Sonia Kennan is the girl who was younger than me and better than me. She yeah. destroyed everybody in juniors. Yeah, like it was insane. And and Naomi as a pro has a very good head to head against Sonia. But but I think a lot of that has to do with their history of kind of like knowing that this yeah. kid was like so good when she was young.
0: Absolutely. And so, and so just seeing her out there and then we can get to the match a little bit. Too. Sure. I mean, like, That match, she was there—I love that she walked onto the court just, like, looking happy to be there, like, really enjoying the moment. And, okay, first off, before even that, she beat Barty, which she saved two set points in each set to win that match. The crowd was all for Barty.
1: Absurd heat.
0: Yes. Really hot, really unpleasant day. The hottest day of this tournament so far. And also tough because it hadn't been hot at all. So when it's sudden heat, that's harder physically to adjust to than, like, a week of similar temperatures, I think, in some ways. So— she beats Ash, uh, kind of like, honestly, deflates the tournament quite a bit because Ash had been the focus of this tournament from local media, from local fans, everything, and her doing that meant that she, you know, was in the final suddenly, and it's the higher-ranked player when and Muguruza beat Simona Halep in the other semifinal, similar similar kind of match where Simona had chances in both sets, but Muguruza ultimately won in straights. And then gets to the final, and all we're going to really talk about here is this fifth game of the third set, which is everything. Two all, third set, love 40 down, looks on her serve, on Kennan's serve. Looks like is going to pull ahead and maybe get this match and win it. Kenan summons five back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back to back. I think that's the right number of backs. Winners.
1: And Two, not easy ones. No.
0: And they were like 11-stroke rally, 11-stroke rally, 13-stroke 13 13 rally, and ace, and then an 11. Yeah and like doing that like her way of because she comes off as sort of like a counter puncher when you see her at first but she's like aggressive and not passive at all and she's like really just like taking this bull by the horns and just like absolutely controlling it and rising to that occasion I was like well that is that is special that was cool and like that moment you kind of broke Muker it's a more like she got a lead I think in the next game but then kind of gave it up a couple bad double faults late in the match and declimatically double fault on match point championship point for Kenan, but Kenan deserved every bit of this, and it was a really cool. Everyone was talking about that game, and I can't remember honestly like a game that's been talked about as much in a big match like that. Even the, though it was only only an eight point game, but wow, what an eight points!
1: But it, yeah, I've heard of shots. Yeah, you know, like or Novak's or one two point. one point, like the Novak's two forehand returns right on the down down match points and to Federer. Or, but I I just I was really racking my brain because I was trying to fight against like the recency bias of like, but that is something i just i'm not sure the way that it happened especially again like well i mean the closest that it came was when serena uh aga wimbledon final
0: four ace game the
1: four ace game but that was i mean it was still on serve uh it was aga, a love hold yeah. yeah it was a love hold but serena came out and just fired four straight aces and, and you know middle in the third set which seemed really impressive at the time and it, it, was. it was and it was but just the way that Sonya did this, like backhand, down the line, winner, backhand, down the line, winner, forehand, down the line, winner, ace. And then what ended up being, she put this backhand chip that if Garby had let it go, maybe would have floated wide. She didn't. She tried to volley it back into the court and then it was just short in the middle of the court. Sonia ran up and put the forehand cross away. But um, yeah, I, I, I just don't remember a moment where I was so sure that a game was going to go a certain way. Especially because Sonya, like, you felt like, and I tweeted this at the time, she didn't, she had tight return games on Garby in those first two service games. Yeah. And Garby escaped. So it was 2-2. And you kind of felt like, shit, like, you probably should have broke early and now Garby's going to be settled down.
0: Sophie had won the second set 6-2, had momentum, yeah.
1: And sure enough, like, Sonya puts in three straight unforced errors, basically. And, like, it was a weak service game to fall behind Love 40 uh and then right like that like she flipped it it was it was it was a stunner and and if anybody's never seen that game like google it look it up go find the the tape it's it's a stunner and and, and what i told her when i did the 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 champions podcast with it for the wta is like that game is going to be the calling card of your career like that's the game that everyone will remember in the same way as like for bianca that last third set against kerber like people, rem- that's what we remember yeah. of like, oh shit, this kid is special. Yeah. Or, you know, Naomi keeping her head right against Serena in the U.S. Open final. We don't remember necessarily.
0: Or what Ostapenko did against. And Penko, right? Yeah.
1: You know, every player has that calling card, and I feel like that singular game was 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 Sonya's, and it was it was bonkers.
0: So Kenin goes from being a player. Who was anonymous enough before this tournament that she was wearing Guino patches during (laughs) matches, which I love. I'm a fan of those I did the story. You should read
1: Ben's patch Yes, basically if you
0: don't know, if you're kind of a player who doesn't have a lot of deals, but you're playing in big stage matches or against big names, um, you get offered these like one-off patch deals from this French cosmetics company, Guino, who's also Mary Core, is also one of their brands. So she had both of those because she didn't have any pre-existing kind of corporate interests um she, so she's only the fourth player to win a slam wearing guino patches the other ones bartoli stoser and kuznetsova
1: okay Good there, there's a brand there <laughs> right right yeah. so yeah. i
0: mean it's all kind of like players who weren't the ones who were like supposed to win yeah. and Cannon fits in that mold for sure although she's younger i think probably than all those players well not because for the first time but anyway canon now is number one american number seven in the world where, where do you think she can go from here i mean what is this you know is this was this one beautiful moment for her or do you think that she can sustain into being a long time top 10 player i think she's certainly going to be a long time top 20 player and i say that with no disparagement meant. i think that she her game is so steady that like she'll be in the mix will she keep being an alpha i'm not sure but i i think that she's absolutely has the game and the fundamentals and great strokes and great mind to be you know in the top 10 top 15 for a long time
1: i mean what we see right now these days in in women's tennis it's a combination of things but in particular the players that kind of hold their position within the top 10 or hold their position within the top five or whatever it is it it really comes down to mentality yeah because you look at a player like simona halep who who made her top 10 debut like freaking years ago like maybe 2014 or yeah, 15, so. and she's never left. And she has the longest active streak in the top 10. Yet I know, just based off of tennis Twitter, based on fan feedback, like, you know, whatever, that people don't, not respect, that's not like the right word, but people don't fear Simona the way that they fear an Andreescu or an Osaka or even a Pliskova. Like they're kind of like, she's beatable, Yeah, you know, on any given day. And yet that kid has never left the top 10. Uh, she hasn't really left the top five very often either within the last especially like three years since she won slams. Um, okay. And to me, therefore, it's not necessarily always the game that gets you across the line. It's it's that mentality. It's that willingness yep. to to deliver when you take the court. You don't have to pl- overplay. Simona doesn't overplay. But you have to deliver when you're there. And, and, and you look at like... You know Osaka, who will who will come out of Melbourne being ranked number ten, which could be a very good thing for her, to be quite honest. Kavitava, who comes out, I think ranked number eleven. Mm. Um, you know, there there's a lot to be said about you know for Ken and the way that her game is. It's not a game that should be blasted off the court. It's not a game that should take bad losses. I mean, she lost like three in love maybe to Collins in Adelaide or love and three. Collins was, was but, Coll- but we saw what Collins was doing in both Brisbane yeah. and Adelaide. Very disappointing, her going out in the first round to Potensiva, but tough draw. Um, or second round. Second round, yeah. 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 So there's no reason to think that Sonia Kennan can't be like a regular top 15 player.
0: Because yeah.
1: her game isn't built to go wrong in the same way that Simona's isn't built to go wrong, in the same way that Svitolina's isn't really bu- built to go wrong, yeah. you know, in stretches. You might have a bad match here or there.
0: And look, and I think that with her game, and she is so smart on court too. You can see that when she's playing Ash. Yeah, yeah. Like being able to beat Ash kind of at Ash's own game or what we think of as Ash's strengths. Like her dad, I think, is a very good coach. The way yeah. he game plans and stuff, I think yeah. there's every reason to think he's very good. Her fun- fundamentals are very solid. Tal and the more we're saying it, it sounds almost like... I don't want that to come off as a diss at all. Because it sounds like we're lowballing her saying yeah. she can be double the ranking she is now. But uh, at number seven. But, but given no. how open the women's is. But given how is. open it is, I think she can really be someone who's a fixture. you know. And, and the steadiness is big. And I think what you saw in her 2019 record of being a great week-in, week-out player. Being able to go make the semis at big tournaments like Cincinnati and Canada. But also show up and give a good effort and win a Guangzhou. Yeah. like That shows that like, she's not somebody like Osaka, who really peaks for big moments and can have highs and lows, or like Muguruza, who we can talk about next, who's kind of made a career of these real highs and real lows. You know, I think Kenneth's not that, and she is more like a halib, or even more like, you know, in some ways, like a Svitolina, who's yeah. also been in there as a very steady person in the top
1: ten. There's a very real, without trying to mythologize things and make up narratives just to, like, whatever, but there's a there's a very real thing that I feel like Sonya has, which is a... a a person, a 21 year old woman who came to the States, Russian, you know, obviously loves America and, and she'll be the first to like strap on the red, white and blue and oh, go yeah. to town like and, 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 de- and demand that, you know, people respect her for that. But there's something very real about this kid who she acts and her father does as well in, in the way that he speaks. Nothing. They don't expect anything to be given to them. Yeah. Anything because that has been their experience they have had to work for everything this kid has had to work three times over for the attention that she now has yeah and even then you can argue it's not commensurate with her achievement you know
0: like like when she goes to fed cup uh next week to play uh in washington alongside serena and coco goff like will she be the story between serena and coco goff right Probably not.
1: Probably not, and and we can all understand. There's only so much oxygen. I'm not in saying the room. that's unfair, but it's what it is. It's, it's what it's what it is. To quote the Irishman, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So so I I do get the sense with her that you know, in talking to her a lot within the last like you know twelve months, 12, 16 months, of this, you know, I've got to win. I got to win titles. I got to win big titles in order for, to get anybody to pay attention to me. And there's no anger about it. This is just the the, the reality that she and her father have accepted that they are seventh on the totem pole. That they, you know, they gotta do big things in order to that's why she got really up for to 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 beat Serena at Roland Garros, her idol. That's why she got really up to to beat Coco here. It's like these are the players that, that get more attention than me. Again, I don't think that she's mad about it. I keep I think I feel like reporters keep trying to get them yeah. to like be like, oh it's unfair you know, and they really don't bite at that. They're like, no, like whatever. It's just it it is what it is, and I know that in order to correct it or not correct it, but to shift it, I've got to do amazing things, like win the Australian Open.
0: I just say last thing on Kenan for me, at least, is that I think I was really cool seeing this narrative of American tennis, which hasn't been at the top of the sport recently, the immigrant narrative. It's it's just it's cool because it's been a big part of... And there, there's different people, obviously, like sellers and Navratola are both defected, or mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's a different situation. But, you know, she fits in with Capriotti. She fits in with Michael Chang. These, like, immigrant families who have been a big part of making American tennis
1: Christian, strong. Christian, Francis yes. Tiafoe. Like, there are players who yeah. people don't recognize as much, but it's, a, it, it's as much... Agassi. like and, and there's something to Samples. that. And I, and I loved, like, Alex Kennan's line about it when he was asked by Bill Simons, you know... Why do you have an explanation as to why players with Russian heritage being so successful? And his answer was, uh, I do think that there's something to that. Uh, It's about the root. The root is tough and bitter. There's decoration around it, but that is what the the root is still there. I kind of, I mean, I don't know, man, like as as an immigrant, like my parents are Vietnamese, like, you know, like this is, I didn't come from, like, that's not like a wealthy... Asian country as Ali Wong jokes. It's we're jungle Asians, we're third world Asians. We're not Japanese, we're not Chinese, we're not Koreans. But there's something there's there's a truism there about that. About you just felt like in order to get anyone to pay attention to you, you had to work 8 times harder. So and I don't think that winning the Australian Open is going to change that mentality from her. Like in other words, I don't think she's going to take her foot off the gas pedal. She might revel in it for a little bit and it might be and she should. She's probably the player that the women's player that I've seen drink the most, <laughs> like post win. Like she had a, a, a glass of champagne, like in the press conference. Then she asked for a refill in the round roundtables, awesome. and then today in the, the 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 champion shoot in the dress. There's shots of her just like straight up. Sh- uh, love her dress by the way. The, the dress was. I love the it was, hair. It was cool. Like the very cool, like sleeked back model look. I and loved I it. loved
0: that in her post on Twitter that she tagged Jimmy for doing the photos. That's just pro. That's just pro. That's good pro.
1: That's good That's good people.
0: Who'd have thunk, right, that we'd spend, like, 25 minutes on a podcast talking about Sonia Cannon at this tournament? But would that's not a thunk it. That's what happened in this world. Uh, let's talk about her opponent in the final, Garbini Muguruza, who I think both of us probably thought was going to win this match yeah. before it started. And even as it got going, she won yeah. the first set. Uh, great tournament from Muguruza, for sure. Interesting tournament from her. She just seemed so incredibly locked in and focused and game face and, like, Had this real, like, I think you used it in a question, phrase, use this phrase in a question to her on a mission, which I was about to use the same one, which is not one I use very often. Yeah, no, for sure, yeah. We were both on that same page. She was there, and I don't really want to get into why she, you know, she lost, she lost. I mean, Kenny played a great match and she kind of fell apart after that two all game. But, like, what do you see from her in this tournament? Back with Conchita Martinez, new Hall of Famer, Conchita, or a few upcoming Hall of Fame inductee, Conchita Martinez. What do you make of uh, of Garby's week and what you saw from her on and off court? Because I think there were some interesting things to observe.
1: Yeah, I mean, the focus was the biggest thing. I think that the second thing was also just the fact that so many of the matches that she played in Melbourne uh, to make the final were matches that cut against her in the last, like, two years. You know, like that love six start against Shelby Rogers, feeling sick, had to pull out of Hobart with a viral illness. And she arrived in Melbourne really, really ill and it would have been very easy at Love 6 to be like, uh, yeah, and feel sorry for yourself, especially given everything that she's been through already. Tired like,
0: to avoid Double Bagel. Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: Some pride kind of getting in the way, yeah? And, and she bounced back from that. She had a tough 3 set against Isla Tomjanovic in the next round. Should have been a night match. Should have been a night match, but she she fought, she fought through that as well. Uh, probably the tightest match she had until, until she lost the final. Yeah. And then... Against Svitolina, against Baritons, against uh, Pavlychenko. Pavlyuchenkova, and, and Halep, she was absolute nails, and it was the Garbina that we thought, you know, five years ago, four years ago, was gonna dominate women's tennis. She was the one that before there was Naomi, before yeah. Simona had won hers, before everything, she was the one that everybody thought was gonna be the next generation. You know, and and she was built for it and she seemed ready for it. And before um, Kerber
0: got to number one. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. She
1: was the one. And so it was great to see that version of Garbinia, um, Garbinier, as I've been um, corrected on Twitter. I need to get into the habit of that. But Garbinier, mm-hmm. uh, to see that version of Garbinier here in Melbourne. Um, it seemed like things were going really well with Conchita. I hope that obviously they continue. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they're together. Um, as much as I loved, obviously, Carolina Plushkova with Conchita, but as you said, Ben, it felt like it was a pairing that was just dumb oh
0: yeah and like i love what i love yeah. what conchita said <laughs> in her first presser that it, they felt like she thought they were like the brad pitt and jennifer aniston Everyone was just rooting for them to get back together i love i love that pop the gosling
1: and mcadams of women's tennis the
0: sudden the gosling not you think gosling more than gosling and stone that's a hot gosling take right there
1: oh my god no i think every every gosling person every mcadams person is just like you know they were born in the same hospital did not know this. Yes, Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling are from the same has- hospital in London, Ontario.
0: I love London, Ontario. London Nights. Shout and out to Danny Sivrette.
1: Like I ship them as hard. Uh, well, no, this isn't true. I ship Brittany and Justin Moore. but they're mm. they're they're a close second, honestly, for me. Brad and Jenna, I just don't get the obsession with at all. No. Uh, but yeah, no. Especially how
0: that ended. Why would you want that to go back?
1: It just. It, it, <laughs>
0: garbinia Garbini was interesting in press also because we were talking to her and she was not giving us much at all. And same with her encore interviews and same with her just sort of encore motion. She was so locked in. And it was interesting. She finally sort of got – it was Ubaldo in his last question in press, as he often does, sort of is good at sort of, you know –
1: Going there. Elef-
0: going there, exactly. Or elephant in the rooming kind of sometimes. And was saying that, you know, just like why do you seem like – and obviously she just lost. So this was a. But he phrased it that way. It's like obviously you just lost. But in this whole tournament, you have not seemed very happy. And she and she was interesting saying basically like I feel like some of the excitement of this world is gone for me because I've seen both. You know how fickle it can be. How it can be all very you know fragile fame and and positivity. And you lose one day and they rip you. And you win the next day they build you up and then tear you down again. And just it was inter- it was sort of interesting like world weary Garbinier moment yeah i thought
1: and and it's true i mean like i I, from all everything that i can tell from spanish press that's definitely true and you know and and it's part and parcel the thing is is that it's not unique to garbine and i feel like i don't know if she thinks that it's unique to her but she certainly has responded as though it's it's out of the ordinary but I don't know
0: about that. Maybe she's just. I think she's more widely jaded on everyone's behalf, not just her own. Yeah, maybe maybe that's true.
1: Maybe that's true. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I hope she sorts that out. I hope that she continues on the way that she she did with Conchita, and um, I just think that's a really good, positive, really relaxed vibe. She's Mm. now got uh, Katrine who uh, Catherine, who's uh, who was formerly a physio for Angelique Kerber, has now been part of Team Muguruza for I think two years now. And seems like a really cool, chill uh, vibe with those three ladies, which is great. Her her trainer as well. So, you know, like there's nothing, there's no, I mean, we could have said this last year. We could have said it the year before. There's no reason that Garbino and Muguruza should not be a top five player. There's absolutely none. We
0: were all saying in the offseason, like, buy stock and Muguruza when she reunited with Kachita and and split with Sam Simic. And now, even at her raised price of, what is she, like, number 17 now, I think, in the rankings, like, keep buying. Because it's still yeah. going to keep going up. Good stuff from Garbinier. Other stuff on the women's sort of people who've made run second week. Ash Barty loses in the semifinals to Sonia Kennan. Set points in both. Um, we got a question um, about... Obviously, I think she had a great tournament, and she was very happy with her month. Really, I mean, because she won after yeah after Adelaide. losing for after losing first round in Brisbane, which could have really rattled her. To Jen Brady in Straits, uh, she comes back, wins Adelaide, and then um, makes semis here. And she said in her presser, like, if you told me, you know, I could win. You know Adelaide and get semis Australia. I would take that in a heartbeat. And if we
1: and if after Brisbane we were to say yeah, oh Ash Barty's going to win Brisbane and make semis of of, win of Adelaide, AO. Yeah. yeah, like we'd be like yeah, that's a really really good Aussie summer. Um, so yeah,
0: we got a question um, from listener Erica Jane Glam goals. Um, oh God, which I believe amazing... is a Housewives thing, who says, I would love to hear both of your thoughts on the tennis podcast criticism of Ash Barty bringing her niece to the press conference. I was shocked at how critical they were of Barty in that moment. I thought it was sweet, innocent, and fun moment. Ash Barty, yes, did bring a baby to the press conference um, after her loss. And it was sort of... it was. Immediately sort of just like, oh, there's a baby here when you walk when you walked in the room. Um and I will say I asked the first question and of that press conference, and just sort of again, elephant in the room was like my first I think my question was sort of like, where'd you find the baby? Just sort of like, <laughs> let's get this out of the way. I clearly have this there's baby, a baby here. In there's a the ba- room. The baby is Please being presented. Acknowledge. And it's yeah. like, let's get the let's get the baby out of the way, talk about this. And yes, I mean, I think what the tennis podcast said, I think they said it was unprofessional. I would not – that was their – phrase. I mean, we can – if you want to – we can ask about their comments. I can find their comments. Hold on. Let me Let me pause here. Let's actually find out what they said. So t- this is from an article. This was aggregated. <laughs> this has happened to our podcast before from Australian media. That's why some of us lock our Twitter accounts during the Australian some Open. Some of us are
1: just smart like that.
0: Uh, Courtney uh, – Anyway. That was Courtney, who we're talking about, who, who lost her Twitter account. Now unlocked, which I don't really agree with. Stay locked, <laughs> Courtney, stay locked. The article says David Law was among those who thought Marty should have been the only member of her family to front the media back after her shot lost. It's good writing. I don't think the baby should have been in there, said Law on the Tennis Podcast. I think it is a place of work. It's an office space. We are there to ask questions. And lovely as a sight as it was on one hand, uh, what's, it's not really what's supposed to go on. Uh, Matt Roberts said it felt like a deflection and a plot and a prop uh to from getting tough questions given that Barty had just lost and then Catherine Whitaker agreed joking the baby acted as a human shield so that Barty could escape it grilling from the media um and, sh- and Whitaker I guess adds I don't think it necessarily has to be a conscious thought and she and I think she can have had that thought process in a less sinister way and then we would have had it sinister is a weird word choice I'll add not, that's my sidebar and Catherine goes on. She just thinks this is a distraction for me. But the thing is, it's also a distraction for everybody else. And it's not helpful. It's not appropriate in the workplace. P- I don't think it makes her a terrible person for doing it. <laughs> Somebody should have stopped her from doing it, probably. I don't know what the circumstances circumstances are, but it was really weird. Okay, yes. I'll, I'll dress this first, and then Courtney will let you go. Because i let you sound off. Because I did, it was immediately distracting when t- baby came in. She's holding baby. But after one question, I addressed the baby. And that was it, you right? <laughs> I was like, "Baby, there's a baby. There's a baby. Ash, introduce the baby. Talk about the baby, and then we'll move on." And yes, and I did actually. I will say, I did after we were leaving. I did make the same sort of human shield joke myself. It's just a joke. I mean, like, yes. I mean, like, bringing in this prop. Did you a microphone in front of you? Uh, no, but I would have said that on here anyway. Okay. I would have said human shield. Um, just as a joke, just as you know, because she didn't do it after any of her wins with the baby so if you in i also saw someone on twitter which i enjoyed refer to it as an emotional support baby (laughs) which i thought was great (laughs) like emotional like add and here's the thing with ash ash left the sport for years because she was having a tough time dealing with the pressures of the sport and, and that was part of why she left if she can get if this makes it easier for her to deal with it i don't really have a problem with the emotional support baby I don't, Courtney, your thoughts on workplace, et cetera.
1: Uh, okay, first and foremost, let me just say, obviously, and remind everyone, because I, th- I, I believe in transparency on podcasts, and I think that conflicts of interest should be expressed and that the re- listeners should know about them. I work for the WTA. Ashley Barty is our world number one. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit here on this podcast and slagger. Thankfully, though, if I wanted to slagger and I'm on this podcast, I just wouldn't say anything. That has been my kind of your silence
0: uh, often speaks my silence is like i'm not
1: going to talk about it one way or the other yeah thankfully in this situation what i think is actually probably consistent with what i'm supposed to think which is thus just this what do we want like step back of it from it okay from people who want a line or you want to see ash barty cry or you want to see her prostrate herself in front of the uh, australian public and say i'm so sorry that i fucking let you all down Like, is that what people wanted for her to break down in tears and all that sort of stuff? Or as a sports reporter, do you want to understand where Ash Barty's head's at? Whether she expresses it in quote or not. Mm -hmm. And for me, the minute that Ash walked in with the baby and sat down and she sat and she was like, you know, cooing with the baby and like, but there was a moment where she looked down at the baby and she kind of, you could hear her sniffle. You could hear her voice catch. There were a few times in the press conference and there were like legit questions asked about in the press conference. It's not like people were like, so what's the baby? Like it wasn't like the baby distracted anything. Literally
0: after I thought I cleared the baby air. <laughs> and there was baby air to need clearing. I admit, yes, if you want to say, oh my gosh, she distracted from that first question, like, okay. But that once once the baby was mentioned, like it was it, it was fine. And then they got the questions about you know set
1: points, yeah, and, and normal and normal she, tennis and, stuff. And, and and there were tough not tough questions, I don't think, but questions asked to ask she didn't want to answer. She's like, yep, that's it. I'm not, you know, like it was. A, it seemed like for me like a normal press conference. And if with all due respect, and I I do mean that with all due respect, if you don't have the balls to like ask whatever question you want to ask within the context of whatever. Like if Novak or Andy comes into a press conference bawling, if Roger comes in with Mirka sitting standing next to him, and you don't have the cojones to ask whatever question you want, that's on you. That's not on them. It's like, come on. Like she was holding a baby. You think the baby's gonna judge you by asking Ash how'd you choke those set points? The baby ain't gonna judge you because it's a freaking baby. Come on, guys. Like, like let's be real. And people aren't gonna
0: also judge you for like being mean to the lady holding a baby. That's also not gonna happen. People still understand this is normal.
1: that it is a workplace, that work has to be done. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, guess what? Like I don't think it's professional for people to not be taking showers who sit on press row. I don't think it's professional for some of the shit that I hear from either photographers or reporters talking about the women on press row. There's a crap ton of stuff that happens in the workplace that is unprofessional and untoward and... What was the word that was used here that you hadn't... Sinister. So... (laughs) Like come on like the kid brought a baby in and honestly the minute she did all that I, the the message that was conveyed to me is that Ash is shattered. She's gutted by this loss. Yeah. She understands the opportunity that was presented to her. Not just because she was playing Kennen in the semifinals and she had the, the crowd. You know, she was playing during the day, when 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 which should feed into her game. But unfortunately for her, it was one of those days that was off the charts in terms of heat. And she was really struggling with it. She had set points in the first set, couldn't convert. She had set points in the second, couldn't convert. She had an opportunity. You could think if, if her mind allowed her to wander there. Of like, I mean, with all due respect, like healing a nation. Like she could have, I thought about that a lot. Of mm-hmm. like, what happens if Ash wins the Australian Open the year when all of this tragedy is, is hitting all Australia? Yeah. You know, the young Australian of the year. She's already on Vegemite bottles. Like she's all, I mean, her face was everywhere, which yep. she was joking about with a wry grin. But, you know, she understands the opportunity that was missed here. She also understands that she's had a really, really good Australian summer. It's the best Australian summer a woman, uh, a WTA player, has had here in a gosh darn long a time. A lot of decades. And yeah. she wanted perspective. And she wanted grounding. And as Ben said, this is a player who basically left the game because uh, she struggled mentally with the stresses of the game. Yeah. If she wants to go in and be reminded that none of this matters, that a little little fuzzy tennis ball doesn't matter... But that her, that this adult, I got to say the baby was freaking cute.
0: Really cute baby.
1: Like, I'm not really a kid person or baby person. I like kids when they're old enough to, for me to sass them. But like, <laughs> but like babies, I'm like, what's that? I mean, this little crying lump. But like, that baby ruled. Like, it was really, really cute. Like, I just don't. I just don't see getting mad at it, to be quite honest. The baby
0: was not disruptive. The baby did not only started like making noise at one particularly bad question, which was funny. And, and she started not, crying. Not bad, and Ash not, turned not to it and said, either. I
1: feel you, sister. Yeah. Which, again, is actually, again, a reflection of where she's feeling. Like, there was no way that you went into the Ash press conference not knowing what her thoughts were. Yeah. You just – I don't know. I just – I cannot shake the feeling that if people had an issue with it, it's because they wanted to see Ash cry.
0: And this goes to sort of the whole, like, prostrate yourself from the media, what is sports today? And this goes back to the last year Wimbledon conversation about Joe Conta. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. like, what people
0: want from losers, particularly maybe female losers, that they want to see some big emotional moment of, like, owning this up and showing their, shor- their sorrow and their shame at letting down their country, quote, unquote. Ash, like you said, I think was clearly – she brought the baby because she was, thought this would be rough it was really an emotional support baby and you know and that helped her get through it and she you know still doing well i i yeah i don't have a problem with it i really don't i thought it was a little bit you know obvious transparent that it was an emotional support but like you said you can read that as telling you can read it, it as it communicates a saying,
1: more than any of the yeah. nonsense yeah. quote unquote that Ash might say in response to a question, Ash, did you feel the pressure? No, not at all. Okay. Like people have different opinions as to whether or not that's an accurate answer or not. But in terms of like what the impact of that loss was for her, I have no doubt that, that it, it stung and, you know, and if that's part of the healing process, good on her.
0: Other semifinalists who lost is Simona Halep. Also a tough loss for her, a very similar kind of match. I mean, playing against a player who she, you know, is ranked below her by a, Fair bit, and she thinks she can beat set points in the first set. Very tight first set. Yeah. I mean, uh, set ten, points ten, is a little bit ten like, eight in the tie break Yeah, they both had set points,
1: like showing, a, like implying that there was like a lead. It there was, but not. We'll get to and the, she's never beaten Muguruza on hardcore Okay,
0: we'll get to sort of like what it means to choke or not choke when we talk about tennis sandgren later oh on. Yeah, so. Aleph is a tough,
1: good tournament for her. I mean, yeah, I think great she, tournament. Can't be
0: mad at semifinals. Similar, I would say, for Petra Kvitova, yep. uh, who played a very, very good semi, uh, quarterfinal against Barty in there. Also want to give a shout out to Angeber, who made her first quarterfinal. Hoot, uh, Angeber.
1: Can we hear the peanut gallery? Hoot, hoot! Yalop!
0: <laughs> Rima Balail in the background there. Big fan of and arab tennis and air women doing great things in tennis which as she should be which raymond's been carrying that which flag for she a long all time.
1: should we all should be because Ons was amazing um and yeah hope that that Ons builds on that um that result but uh but yeah no i mean petra <laughs> petra and ash honestly like those two have to just be like once that quarterfinal happened had to been like really our draw our quarter had to hold up yeah. Like could, every could, other quarter blew up, but ours held up. Could have been a Sweet. final, yeah, for sure. Another yeah, Could have been a final for sure.
0: Um, although maybe Kenan was unstoppable. You never know. Also true. Also in this draw, fourth rounder. Shout out to Iga Swiatek. Should we get to the other half of this of the of the questions we've been asked about this? Mm-hmm. One of the conversation points around Iga Swiatek. What's the pronunciation of Iga Swiatek? And it was it was um, another <laughs> tennis podcast-driven conversation after their segment on how to pronounce. Iga Sviantek after the WTA did a video, um, which they posted about with Iga giving an explainer on how to say her name. Yeah, Iga Sviantek. That's how you say it. Not that hard.
1: Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. It's ugh. it's just exhausting. But, um, yes, no. Iga Sviantek, uh, we did a video with her, and honestly, it came out of my own I think I mentioned this in the maybe in past in the past episode I can't remember but basically I've obviously interviewed Iga for a year now uh, if not longer and it got to the point where it became clear I thought that like maybe I might be pronouncing her name wrong because I was saying Shviatek um so I asked our video crew hey when you guys talk to Iga can you just ask her straight up like how to say her name they're like okay so they did. So if you watch the video, it's very much B-roll. It's very much an outtake. You can tell because the focus is going in and out and it's very casual and you can hear the person in the background talking and whatever. But I thought, oh, that's really helpful. Let's put that out. It'll be really helpful to everyone. I thought the video was clear. Apparently it wasn't and people misheard. Fair enough. But um, but yes, I, I took issue with, with the... Some comments made on Tennis Podcast that they say that I misheard um, in terms of... of um, I say a lot of people misheard. That many people misheard and whatever. Uh, sure, okay. If And I, say, I said this on Twitter at the time, is if I misheard, I apologize. I have since gone back. I have re-listened to it multiple times. I don't think that I misheard. That may not have been what was intended to be said, but it was what was said. And as someone who does podcasts and radios... And all that sort of stuff, the burden is on the speaker, not on the listener. And so if a bunch of people are saying, and I I feel this way about NCR all the time, oh, about yeah. Insider, about press conference about questions. About my Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Like, God if knows I, I've been through this. If yeah. I get it wrong, that's on me. I don't necessarily blame other people for hearing it wrong. Like, that's my fault. And I learn from it. And I move on. And I try to be better. But in my opinion, if there are a bunch of people who have non-western easy pronounced names who who are saying that they heard a certain tone and a certain dismissiveness about us wanting our names pronounced correctly and not and and what we heard was with all due respect three British commentators seemingly taking the piss out of some 18 year old kid who wanted her name pronounced correctly that's what I heard and I'm not the only one that heard it that way and it was disappointing. And I expressed it accordingly. But, you know, like, again, if I misheard, I apologize. I really do. Yeah. I do not think I did. If you transcribe what, the exact words that were said, which may not have been the intention of what was said, but what was actually said, I don't think I no, misheard. No, I don't
0: think the tone necessarily helps either. So know, that's the but, thing. yes yeah.
1: You know, and, and I have to say, like. David Law has since, at least I haven't heard it myself, but like uh, according to him, like uh, apologized for mishearing the W T we- the W T video. He misinterpreted it. He thought that Ego wasn't taking a stance as to whether or not she wanted her name pronounced the English way or the Polish way, which is so, basically
0: the wrong way or the Polish way, right? Yeah,
1: um, and he said I misheard it the first time, you know, etc. Um, at least that's what I'm told that he said. So. Whatever. But it was just a weird, stupid thing to, like, deal with for 48 hours, Not honestly. Odd, odd
0: week in that front. Yes. Anyway. Anyhow. Other women's stuff. Is that basically it? I think that's basically all the women. And actually, we're at, like, almost an hour now. So oh, yeah. why do So we pause, and we'll do the men as a second part. Okay. So we'll do a quick female empowerment intro. Outro. Actually, let me take this moment at the end of this half of the show to talk—to—to uh, Thank our already on board Patreon backers who have we launched a Patreon for NCR uh, very recently just during the I believe it was during the Zverev team match. We wanted to get it up soon. And we have 31 people already patron patronizing. That sounds wrong. <laughs> 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 they 31 people. 31 patrons. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, with patronage. <laughs> uh of our show not patronizing let's say want to be patronizing in which case that's their prerogative pay us patronize us we don't care yeah um thank you to them and let me give a shout out to the ones who have signed on since we did the first four in the first episode i did the round table with with nick and maddie uh since then also thank you to emily Vanny, Anwin patterson Anwin, and annie johnson elise panich adam perugino dave timothy lou Alana, Will Cobb, Shilpan Chakshi, Eric Scorsoni, Reem Lail, John Eichner, Mary Hogg, Hogg, Hog? Haug? Haug? Hog. Mary, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and Margarita, thank you all for doing these patronage of the show. We appreciate it. If you want to support us on Patreon, we are now on Patreon. Patreon.com slash nochallengesremaining. We are new to Patreon. We're figuring this out. I think it makes... I always think it makes more sense... For a podcast, which we're trying to keep doing continuously and have be a steady running thing as a, as a model do it instead of doing one big Kickstarter campaign, um, which we did last time we did uh, crowdfunding for the 2016 season, mm-hmm. four years ago. This time, so there's no physical rewards this time after um, the postcard debacle, debacle <laughs> essentially. having <laughs> to write, tried. Like, you got- 1500 postcards. Actually, I, I will say this. I found during the Christmas holidays, as at my parents' house. Like looking, literally looking for Christmas lights, like in like my closet, and found, I don't know how it got there, a shoebox with like several dozen unsent NCR postcards in it. And honestly, I would have rather found a dead body. <laughs> I was like, no, I thought these were gone, and so I still have some postcards left to send from there. And I think hopefully that is it. It was like it was. I've never gotten married, but I've heard that like writing thank you notes know, after getting wedding gifts is tough, but. People don't usually have to, like fifteen hundred guests at their wedding <laughs> to do handwritten. Anyway, we're almost through those. Haven't given up on those. If you do still have a Kickstarter reward that you want filled or just refunded at this point, that's all fine. Let us know. Uh, send us emails, no yeah. challenges remaining at gmail.com. And our we have five tiers of support on our uh Patreon, which is a monthly and- sort of thing. Reem actually, who's in the room, we've acknowledged you several times already, did does this as well. Yeah. And we'll see. We may someday add Patreon. Exclusive, exclusive content or bonus content on Patreon that we don't know yet. For right now, essentially it's just like a tip jar for the show. Yeah, is our sort of thought.
1: And and the, I think that yeah, I think the big thought process, at least from my perspective, which may be different from Ben's, I don't know, but is like, look, like the podcast is going to happen. Yeah, like we'll we'll keep going. Like yeah. if you know, and that was you have been on a roll the
0: last like three months. Yeah,
1: but like. like you know, the, the whole thing about Kickstarter, right? And and is that you kind of or you kind of feel like if the 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 funding goal isn't matched, you're not gonna do it. Like there's like this weird kind of hostage thing that can happen. The all or nothing thing. Yeah, yeah, which which can be a little bit uncomfortable for everyone involved, I think. Um but I know like obviously like tennis podcast, yeah. amazing Kickstarter, congratulations to them. Several of them now. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um The Body Serve, who we love and adore and we celebrate on every single level, uh Jonathan and James. Uh, they, they've successfully used GoFundMe for yeah. their for their 29, uh, 2020 season, which is great.
0: So we appreciate all of you backers of tennis podcasting, good tennis podcasting out there, having to be on three different platforms. I know, so it though. sucks.
1: But that's the thing is like, we don't want to, <laughs> at least for me personally, and I think that anybody who's followed this podcast for a really long time knows that I'm like really anti all of this. Like, it's like, this should be fun and we're independent, we're punk and like whatever. But we're also human. What and a- if there is an incentive to do it, then that will you know like for example right now it's two twenty-five in the morning on the sun the monday morning after the men's final yeah. i have a flight in about 15 hours uh ben's also flying out a, a diff- but like i could easily when ben was like hey let's record the the ncr yeah. i could have been like yeah no dude i'm done i'm i'm conking out because i've got a long trip home yeah. But if I know that the, the people are 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 genuinely putting with their money where their mouth is in terms of wanting the content, then then no. then that's so that's And for know. us
0: on the you mentioned the independence thing. On the independence thing, we have stayed independent the whole time. Yep. And Sarah, we've never had a single advertiser. Nope. Which is probably insane. <laughs> um given that we are a media, we down. A media outlet. We have turned down we a bunch of advertisers, out. so we have we try to stay as independent and unbiased, and certainly I do at least. Um,
1: and when I can't be unbiased, I'm not on the pod. Right, exactly. So
0: next so. time Maria Sherpova gets banned for doping, you won't see Courtney for a while again. That's what happened you know, we do these things and it's it's fine on the show. <laughs> just to using an example of our of our journalistic, you know, integrities and whatnot.
1: Cricket's real life Crickets. example. Crickets. Um not
0: that I think she's going to. Um wishing Maria the best. And she's probably actually at a ranking where she's out of the testing pool now. So that's a side anyway. That's my cue to stop talking about that. Uh, we will be back uh, very soon in your podcast feed with the men's half of the show and some other general tournament stuff. Bye-bye for now. Goodbye. And And, oh, I'll do our normal sign-off. If you want to follow along when you're not listening, like us on Twitter. Best way at NCR underscore tennis. There were a lot of players, by the way, at this tournament. Yes. A ton's running out of challenges, getting the elusive no challenges remaining. So many.
1: I don't know, dudes. Like, maybe trust your umpires.
0: We'll get to the umpires later. Yes, we will. Um, that is question Yes, Mariana, star of the tournament. Send us questions, comments on, on the Patreon or anything else to know challenges remaining at gmo.com. Or on the Kickstarter if you still have Kickstarter hanging issues from four years ago, which you very well may. Uh, and leave us reviews on iTunes or anywhere else. You can leave reviews. So Those help us a lot. We will see you on the second half soon. Bye, guys.
1: Ciao, ciao. If you can't give us money, just give us a review.
0: That's nice. Noise.